the name of our incarnate Lord, Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the Gospel of John begins. So poetic, so majestic, so profound. These words seem so simple, but they are in fact very deep. They reveal to us the person and the pre-incarnate work of the Son of God, equal to the Father and also the creator of the heavens and the earth. Later in the text, you hear the great mystery of the incarnation of our Lord. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The baby born in Bethlehem is the Word made flesh, the eternal God and creator of all that there is. All that Jesus says and does then in the Gospel of John are seen through this prism as they are the words and the deeds of God incarnate. So poetic, so majestic, so profound. These opening words of John are obviously carefully constructed. They build upon what God has revealed in his word already. The opening words obviously reflect the very opening words of scripture itself from Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was covering over the face, of, was hovering over the face of the waters and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. John 1 invites us to remember, that, to remember Genesis 1 so that you would know that the God who created the heavens and the earth is the God who is now incarnate and dwells with us. While it is obvious that John is using Genesis chapter 1, John 1 is also dependent on many other passages from the Old Testament. Today is Christmas, the nativity of our Lord. And so the verse of particular focus for us on Christmas Day is John 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. To understand this verse better, God becoming flesh and dwelling among us, we go to the last chapter of the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 40. Moses put in place the screen for the door of the tabernacle, and he set the altar burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting, and offered it on it the burnt offering and the grain offering as the Lord commanded Moses. He set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put water in it for washing, with which Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their feet, their hands and their feet. When they went into the tent of meeting, when they approached the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. And Moses erected the court around the tabernacle and the altar and set up the screen of the gate of the court. So Moses finished the work. 
Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, and Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and the fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. The people of God in the Old Testament, in the middle of the wilderness, needed to know that God was present with them and for them. The special place of his presence was the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the tent of meeting that could be transported. In other words, they could take it down and move it as they were wandering in the wilderness. The tabernacle included the holy place and the holy of holies where the Ark of the Covenant was placed. It also included the altar where the sacrifices were made for the sins of the people. Now, of particular note is that the Hebrew word for tabernacle means tent. And the Greek word in John 1.14 that, that's translated and he dwelt among us is related to the Greek word for tent. So in John 1.14 where it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, you could say the word became flesh and tented among us. Furthermore, this passage in Exodus 40, you hear that the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In John 1.14 you hear, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies that he has seen the glory of God in seeing the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. In the most recent issue of the Lutheran Witness, and by the way, advertisement, if you don't get the Lutheran Witness, get it now. If you can't afford it, cause of the church office will send you 10 free copies every month. It's a wonderful, wonderful magazine. In the most recent issue of the Lutheran Witness, Pastor Roy Askins helps us understand better what the, this word glory means, what the glory of God is. Pastor Askins writes, God's glory indicates his presence for the good of his people. Let me repeat that. God's glory indicates his presence for the good of his people. God's glory is not merely the presence of the Holy God, it is his presence for the good of his people. In the Old Testament, God wanted his people know where he was present as the gracious God who forgives sins. He was present in the tabernacle. The people would know that where he, where he was when they brought their sacrifices and also that he was with them in the middle of the wilderness. Now, my brothers and sisters, you know where the presence of God is for the good of his people. It is in Christ Jesus. He is the word incarnate come to save you and me. The fact of the tabernacle in the Old Testament and the need for the presence of God points to the existence of sin and the need for the Lord's forgiveness of sins. Furthermore, since the sacrifices of the tabernacle and later the temple were ongoing, this shows that the sacrifices were not complete. They needed to be fulfilled by a once and for all sacrifice that would be complete. The tabernacle and the presence of the Lord and the glory 
of the tabernacle point ahead to our Lord Jesus Christ. And now Jesus Christ is where the glory of the Lord is because he is the Lord and, his, and he is the glory of the Lord incarnate. The one born on Christmas, the one that John the Baptist can point to later on in the same chapter and say, and say Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He, the one born at Christmas, the Word made flesh, is the one who will save from the cross. It is finished and then willingly die because he pays the price for your sins and mine. In saying it is finished, Jesus is saying that the purpose of God's glory dwelling with man is accomplished. God's presence with his people for their good is accomplished when the word made flesh atones for the sin of the world. In the Old Testament, you cannot understand the tabernacle and the presence of the Lord without knowing sin and the need for forgiveness. Now, you cannot understand the incarnation of the Lord in Christmas without knowing why he became incarnate and what he did for you as the incarnate Lord. I want to return again to Pastor Askin's statement about God's glory. God's glory indicates the presence, his presence for the good of his people. God is present for the good of his people, and this is seen especially this day. God in the flesh is born of Mary for the good of his people. The Apostle John explicitly tells you why he writes his gospel. In John 20, he says, These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. God is a loving and gracious God. He is the one who created mankind, and he now wants the salvation of all mankind. He desires your salvation. So the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. And this glory is God's presence for the good of his people. The word becoming flesh is not just some fact. He becomes flesh to save, and you know him as your savior. And the word became flesh. This Lord Jesus Christ is not absent from you this day. He is indeed the one that you have been baptized into, and he's indeed the one that comes to you with his body and his blood for the forgiveness of sins. You know where the presence of the Lord is this very day. It is in his word and his blessed sacraments for you and for your salvation. God's presence for the good of his people. You are blessed to know the true meaning, the true joy of Christmas this day. You know that the babe born of Mary is the word made flesh. To you then is given then the tremendous promise, which is found in this gospel lesson. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who are born not of flesh, nor of the will of, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man but of God. Because of the person and work of Jesus Christ, the Word incarnate, you are now God's children. You now have the full rights of a child of God to stand before your Creator and to have his gift of eternal life. You have the greatest treasure of all in this incarnate Lord. You have life in his name. My brothers and sisters, you are more, most blessed this day. And there's nothing more than I can say to you. Blessed Christmas to you, children of God. 
Your Lord is present for the good of his people. Amen.